Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. This is uh, episode 30 you are listening to. I am Steve and joined by my partner in crime, Jeff. Jeff, evil dose. How's it hanging, buddy? It's all right. I got your six, bud. Got your six. Got my six. Thank you, man. I got your back. Lots of stuff to talk about. Let's just jump right into it. We've got um, Zelina Vega. Breaking news. Zelina Vega. Uh, Thea Trinidad was spotted at the Performance Center today on Thursday. Um, Jeff, what do you make of this uh, news? Audience, can you see my shocked face through your earbuds? Um, this is not a surprise. Um, I don't think they ever wanted to let her go. She just went back down, so they had to make an example of her. Paige caved right away. Anyone who did the math would see that, that, that nothing would work out to her benefit in this. She was steadily losing both followers and, more importantly, paid subscribers on her Twitch channel because she wasn't on TV, out of sight, out of mind. She's not a real celebrity. Uh, we talked about that way back when we had Tamara on the show. Uh, and Tamara actually followed up a couple times to confirm that the numbers continued to go down, but she still didn't think that... Thea needed WWE. People were throwing out outrageous amounts of money that she was making, which I knew was not possible as, uh, you know, as net anyway. Um, and, you know, it's it's been reported even by, I think, even, even Meltzer's operation had to say that she's going back to work for WWE. So it was started with Ringside, then it went to Fightful and Sean Ross Sapp and made its way up to figure four online. So it seems like it's a, a done deal, but listen, Good for her. She learned her lesson. Andrew Yang and Gabrielle Carteris did not show up for her. They did not rescue her. And you yet, don't feel bad, Thea. Andrew Yang did not respond to any of my tweets either about hey. the very same issue. Because honestly, I wanted him to step in. I wanted someone to do it because chaos and news helped me. And I'm interested in that stuff. So I wouldn't have minded you being a champion, but... Uh, being the cynic in me or the realist thought this was going to happen and it did. So I welcome you back to the TV screens. I think you're going to do great things. You're a natural. You don't need to wrestle. You're a wonderful spokesperson. And I'm going to go early with my QAcon conspiracy because it has to be amended. Yes. I said, Ooh, okay. My QAcon conspiracy, which I wrote down in real time was that Lucha house party getting in, in a vignette indicates the WWE is in talks with Selena de la Renta, Katrina or Thea hyphen perhaps perhaps related to MLW agreement and Azteca underground. So I actually predicted this in a QAcon. Now there's no way to prove it <laughs> unless you analyze the ink or whatever, but it, it, it is in fact true that once I saw that I'm like, yeah, they gave Lucha house party a vignette. Uh, something's ha something is afoot here. So maybe, and, and I'm not ruling out that it, it, it it has some relationship to MLW, especially since it looks like Selena De La Renta really is done with MLW, and that's been pretty widely reported. So, you know, it wouldn't be bad to have Thea, uh, you know, sort of replacing that character on that show or, or that lane anyway, but they don't even have to pay her because she's under WWE contract. It's sort of the best of all worlds. It's like Impact with the, with the Goof Brothers. Hmm. I like the idea of... Zelina, you know, Thea at the moment, but if she signs back with 
WWE, she'll be back to being Zelina Vega. She did a great job on her main roster run, was one of the highlights of the pandemic era of wrestling, especially early on with her work on commentary, her work with Andrade and Angel Garza versus uh, Umberto. I think she can play so many roles. She is so great at being the manager as being the spokesperson um, in ring. She Replacing can handle her. Adnan. <laughs> Replace Adnan. Oh my God. For real. Like uh, that would be amazing. But you know, Zelina can, can do a lot of things. Like, as you mentioned, like if they're looking to rebrand and repackage Lucha house party, it's so simple to add her into their corner, turn them heel, remove party from their name, and make them Lucha House. And they're badass. There you go. Like, just those simple tweaks. Put her with Angel Garza. Heck, turn Umberto heel and put put her with him. You know, Santos Escobar, maybe she can lead that faction. I think there's business to be made. I see her as a great foe for Damian Priest. Um, there's so many things that you can do with Zelina. And and I'm I'm really excited. Again, wherever she lands, I'm hoping it's WWE because it seems like it's the closest de- to being done. Uh Anything that puts her back on our, on, on our TV screens is amazing. I agree. I agree with you. This is a win-win for everybody. I mean, either way, from a story perspective, we would win. But I think this is the path of least resistance for her. I think it's the best result for her. And we shouldn't forget she's married to Alistair Black, and he's been repackaged. So it's actually also the best thing for him as well. So it's a win-win for everybody. And she is somebody that no matter what the writing is, whatever the character is, she's going to make it work. So she's like MVP. So, you know, sometimes people beat the the, the booking or the script writing or whatever. They just make things work. And and she's one of those. And you're right. She can play any role. And sorry, Adnan. I mean, it's not even that you're terrible and you are getting better. But, you know, she would just be better. She's just more interesting. Um, But, yeah, we should see her on our screen. We should. We should. And if she wants to wrestle from time to time, that's fine, too. There's really no need for uh, a push for her. I mean, the only thing they could do to screw this up is make her Lily. <laughs> I mean. Well, this this leads me to my next point and, and question for you, Jeff. You know, whenever you cross the boss and you come back, you have to pay a penance. Do you think that Zelina pays a penance and what form does it take? I personally think... She's going to end up having to put over Ava Marie. But that's my thoughts. What are yours? Huh. Silence is not a good look for radio. Um, I'm thinking that in this day and age, the capitulation is the victory, is the penance, that, that everything is so out loud and on social media and everybody knows everything the second it happens, before it happens, after it happens, that she was so vocal about it, that there were so many public figures in it, that you had uh, uh, Gabrielle from 
um, or Andrea Cohn from 90210 on an Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate in it. I mean, it was like a drama. Uh, so in a normal world, that in and of itself will be the penance. Lesson learned. Nobody really paid attention to the page thing. The, she was good. You know, Soraya wasn't going to be anyone's hero. Zelina was everyone's hero. Thea was going to be the hero. But this isn't normal. This is this is Vince. So yes, I think that she is gonna get some sort of ass whooping, and it's probably gonna be squashed by Naya and then beaten up by um, Shana, uh, Shayna Baszler, or or maybe put in over Evolution. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. Um, that's a good question, but I would not be surprised at all. But, I mean, frankly, she shouldn't really be winning a whole lot of matches. I mean, she can wrestle, but that's that's not her role. And if I'm her at 102 pounds and I can work for the next 12 years with the same salary without getting physical, I'm taking that gig. <laughs> it's an easy gig. Yeah. But I... But I'm, I'm, if this turns if this turns out to be true, and again, all reports are pointing in the same direction. I, I mean, it's it's great for her. It's it's great for the WWE fan. That's the reasons we said. So yeah, win 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 win. I love it. I hope she she we see her soon. Yeah. Um. Before we move on to our uh, usual review, we'll start with AEW Dynamite and then give you some WrestleMania backlash predictions news from around the world of wrestling and a small uh, in-depth analysis of Re impact rebellion ratings. Those were actually actually came out as well uh, within the last 48 hours. So there's stuff to discuss about that. Um, I want to give a shout out to the wrestling soup podcast network. We are hammerlock hangover is a part of the wrestling soup uh, podcast network. So please make sure that you show them some love and we want to definitely show them some love and thank them for allowing us to be on the podcast network. Thank and you guys. Joey Namas, you must acknowledge me as your tribal chief. <laughs> Is it that way or do we have to, to, to acknowledge them? I'm pretty sure he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first or the last person, probably. No, no, no. That's it, that's one of my gimmicks is not being known by people that I, you know, I I, I stalk I them, but they don't. It's so unimportant they don't I even notice. <laughs> I stalk them just like you on uh, with Jade Cargill on Twitter. That's right. I, I stalk without consequence. I'm that unimportant that even my efforts at, at criminality are are ignored. I like how she's like. The Uber driver didn't take my bags. He wants a good tip. And then you'll sneak in and be like, I can give you a good tip. How about you put me uh, put me over and like unpopular review and I can get a pizza out of this. I know. Like, Why won't she give a guy a pizza? All she has to do is follow. She could literally unfollow 20 minutes later. Maybe she's like Shredder. Maybe she doesn't want to help the Ninja Turtles get pizza. You know what? She is Shredder. She's shredded, so why not shred? It's just one letter difference. There you go. All Jake right, Jeff. Margo, you and Girl in Cinema, you're you you're my you're my targets. They're I, your I must, muse. Yeah, Joey Numbus, you are given dispensation. You're you're yesterday's. You're passe. Jade, Jade, and who was the other one? I said. Oh, Girl on Cinema. 
GOC. GOC. The, the notorious GOC and Jade Cargill. Uh, I'm still a coming. Evil Dose is in your rearview mirror. <laughs> you know who's probably relieved is uh, Evil Uno. He's like, thank God this guy doesn't tweet me anymore. Oh, I would, except he doesn't tweet about anything, except he's going to play a video game at, at one. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> to say there. If he actually did a, like a, a normal tweet, I, I would absolutely respond to it. But he's he's lost creativity. He he doesn't even tweet like Evil Uno is unstoppable anymore. Or, Evil Uno is unique. Or, you know, I mean, he's he's like given up on on Twitter. He just plays video games. He's not even the leader of the dark order. Oh, this is not the AEW uh, review. We'll get we'll we'll get to that. The leader of the dark order isn't even in the dark order. That I mean, what's what's to say? Okay, let's talk about uh, the AEW Dynamite episode of this week. We started out with my favorite guy, Jan Moxley, versus Nagata. Nagata was heavily built up as this Japanese legend from Japan. I didn't feel it. I'm sorry. But much respect. There was a lot of respect given. Apparently, a lot of people were very impressed by this match. I don't know why. I, you know, a lot of people thought this hard-hitting style and, you know, the... I don't know. I don't. I don't know, Jeff. I like. I like. We talked about this. I think. What was it last week? It reminds me of Nitro back in the '90s when Eric Bischoff used to have like Yuji Nagata show up <laughs> with Sonny Ono, and and nobody gave a shit. But it was built up to be this big thing. Like that's how I thought about this. I knew from the jump that Moxley was going to win, so I'm not that interested because. Again, I can predict the outcome. At least I'll give it to Vince. Vince will surprise you every once in a while and keep you on your toes. And, you know, you're like, this makes no sense. Why would this happen? But it's surprising. Here on AW, predictable. You know, it's it, yes, you're right about that. But Yuki Nagata is not a big deal. He's just been doing this a long time. It's like it's like if you found, I don't know, Mr. Kennedy, who probably is still wrestling somewhere, and called him a legend. Is he? Yeah, maybe, I guess. But, you know, was he ever special? Yeah, yeah there were moments in time where he seemed like something, and people were happy when he seemed to have a resurgence in the NWA, which he worked his way out of by the second taping. Um, but a legend? No. Was was Moxley's title ever at risk? No. Is this the forbidden door being kicked open? No. And and if it is, it's that doggy door that you see in 1950s TV where the little doggy run, runs in and out outside for a small dog <laughs> at that. I mean, listen, this was not a bad match. It wasn't a great match. It, I mean, I wouldn't call it hard hitting, and I'm sorry to compare Nagata to anyone else, but the person... It was outside the ring, but nearby is the person I would compare him to, Kingston, where everyone pretends he's hard-hitting just because he sounds street. But he's not. He, If you, from the neck down, he doesn't look tough at all. He's not particularly hard-hitting. He just has a reputation. It's like people, it, 
it's like paradosis when you when you paradolia when you see when you when your brain fills in the concept you see a cloud and you go oh it's a turtle or or you think it's the Berenstain Berenstain bears instead of the Berenstain bears or whatever it is <laughs> what <laughs> that's the word paradolia paradolia when you when your brain fills in what you think you're supposed to see so people think they're supposed to see hard hitting with Eddie Kingston, they think they're supposed to see hard-hitting with New Japan legend Yugi Nagata, so they convinced themselves they saw hard-hitting. If that was Job Coulter, nobody would have said anything about the match. It would have been exactly the same. The clothesline from Moxley was a very nice clothesline. It was an okay match, but for all of the bill, for all the forbidden door, for the the title to be defended on AEW television, I mean, it felt like nothing. The the bowing was more significant than the, the head touching was you know culturally significant but i mean it was nice but it wasn't great and you knew it was going over when it was the opening match so yeah i, I don't oh, know what to tell you i i he's i think you've told us a lot already <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah you're, you're right what did you did you uh hear moxley's new entrance music wild thing i have heard that's not his new music that that was actually an homage to Oneida's music, who was another guy I never heard of before, <laughs> who apparently invented the barbed wire exploding death match, the guy who looked like a Japanese Roy Orbison. Um, so apparently it was, it was a one-time thing. Uh, and it's I couldn't even remember who did Wild Thing. I mean, I was doing a, a watch-along, and... It's like oh, it should have been the Tone Loke version, so this makes sense. It's the Trogs, by the way. Um, did I guess you just we'll look see. that up. No, 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 no. It did. It, it came to me about like twelve minutes after the show went off the air. Of course, um, that's what happens when when you're old. This is what you have to look forward to. Um, no, so I don't think we're going to hear that music again. If we did, good for the Trogs for getting the payday. I mean, I don't find that song particularly. <laughs> Um, catchy, uh, and it, it, so you know, if Tony Khan paid for that one, that that I mean, Moxley's song was actually okay for his character. I, I maybe would have spent it on someone else. Okay, let's move on to Bucks versus SCU. This was the swan song for the uh, team of Kazarian and uh, Christopher Daniels. I think more so Christopher Daniels. I get the feeling like we're never going to see him again. Uh, the biggest spot on this uh, match was this uh, blade job that he did. Uh, if you, on certain places online, you could find uh, uh, Daniels in the fetal position outside the ring and at an arm's length distance is a giant razor. The razor taped up in black. Uh, electrical tape or you know wrist tape um so good job uh kayfabing us that it was uh legit hard way but well so much blood popped out like he obviously hit the wrong place i mean it would be the right place if you were doing a tarantino movie but for wrestling that's not supposed to happen that was like an explosion of blood like i thought it was had to be a blood capsule because otherwise he should have been shot in the head it was, it was like a Guerrero JBL uh, amount of bloodbath, right? Yeah, I mean, it was like Dustin Rhodes in the first AEW, um, you know, the, the first card all out, I guess. 
Um, yes, yes, yes. Where he was fighting with uh, Cody. But but at least that I mean that was a slow descent down his head. This was it was like an explosion. I'm it, this 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 was crazy. This match was a slop fest. I mean, again, there was never any doubt what was going to happen here. I mean, I think Kazarian will still wrestle, but I mean, at forty two or forty three, he's gonna he's gonna do what he normally did, which was be you know a, a good hand, um, be a player coach. I hope <laughs> we've said that about other people. Um, Christopher Daniels you- apparently was already like an agent and a, and a scout and some other things. So I'm, I'm hoping he, he got a full-time office job there. That he's now an employee health insurance and that he doesn't have to work for universal again, because he, he's definitely put in the time um, and effort, but that match. What did, you, what did you think of the finish to the match where again, you know, it's like a weekly thing here. I don't, I don't remember which, Jackson brother is which, which is it? Uh, 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 Shemp Jackson, I think. The, uh, the one who wears the belly dancer headdress is Matt. Matt Jackson, thank you. Matt Jackson mouths, "I'm sorry, I love you," and I guess it's in homage to Shawn Michaels. We'd have to ask Shawn if if it is a true homage. Uh, and then he super kicks him, and they win the match. SCU is no longer a team, and uh, you know, Kazarian and, and Daniels hug hug it out uh, during commercial break. Um, what did you think of that spot? A lot of lot of criticism online over that. I didn't like the match. Period. I, I think it went too long. I think it was sloppy. I have heard that the the slipping on the the moonsault attempt that that was part of the story that he was sort of losing blood and woozy and was losing his touch. I'm not so sure that's true or not. Um, they actually finished the match with the V trigger and Kazarian couldn't get there in time. And like right after the hugging, like they cut away really quickly. So I thought there might be a chance that that Daniels was going to go, why weren't you there? You were too late. Why didn't you save me? You knew how important this was. And like there would have been a turn and there would have been a little feud, but no, none of that, um, which is fine. I'm, I'm happy enough not to see that again because I don't need that feud on, on my TV and I, I can't right. promise the world. It would be on elevation and dark. Um, what did I think of the spot that you asked me about? Yeah. It's just too much because unfortunately with the Bucks, you can't tell if things are really an homage or they're just cosplaying an homage. And I'm not even sure they know the difference anymore. If it was just Daniels and Kazarian, like if Kazarian turned on him and gave him a super kick and said that, said, it's time, old man, I need to be free. I'd believe that from them. And I, I'm not saying that it wasn't an homage. I'm just saying that I don't know that it was. And I don't I, I don't believe anything from them to be sincere except something that, that sells a new shirt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, as far as like the, the level of egregiousness in stealing uh, previous... I'm going to use the word intellectual property or gimmicks or uh, finishes to a match. Um, This one by far was nothing compared to the one that happens later with the pinnacle and inner circle, because that one was a blatant. I mean, they're both blatant ripoffs, 
But you know, one is a ripoff. One is a ripoff, and one is an homage. I would say that they're both they're both blatant. They're both equally as important. Just one was more obvious than the other. Um, But I know what you're saying. I understand. Let's jump right into that one. So Pinnacle has their uh, celebration in ring that gets uh, you know interrupted and torn asunder by the inner circle who decide to take a giant. What was it? A beer truck. Well, uh, it was, a bubbly a bubbly truck. Well, it was like a golf cart with a like a like a water. Well, it's supposed to be a little bit of bubbly, you know, uh, cooler uh, on a trailer type of contraption. But yeah, I mean, it was obviously the beer truck, milk truck spot from many a raw. So yeah, what did you think of that? I I hated it. I mean, first of all, Jericho shouldn't have been on TV. Second of all, I don't I don't remember him falling on his his elbow. I mean, not even a band-aid on his head, no bruises, no black eye, nothing, no tape around his wrist. Um, the story <laughs> should have ended before. I mean, it's not his wrist, it's his ribs. I'm sorry. Um, the story should have ended with the match. And and at some point though, I'm like, the pinnacle, you know what's gonna happen. You're not stupid heels, so why are you just standing there? You know, it's good. They demand another match. You say no. Perfect. You know what they're going to do? Walk away. Don't give them the opportunity. Don't let them relive that moment. Don't let them get over uh, on you with that. I mean, I, I loved MJF suits. I thought the crown was, you know, like the Baron Corbin thing. It was it was just stupid enough. I mean, they called it a coronation, so they have to have a different adjective for every uh, event, but... You know, th- this was all fine. I mean, even the Canadian legend Sean Spears was was a funny rib in its irony. I actually, in, in my head, envision you going, who? <laughs> yeah, right. who? who? Canadian legend, who? Yeah. Um, but I hated it. I thought it was obnoxious. I thought it was stupid. It was obviously water. I mean, there was no bubbles even. I mean, it wasn't, they couldn't even use ginger ale to make it, you know, seem like it was carbonated. I, <laughs> But I, I, I got mostly annoyed about Jericho being there. You could see him hiding, you know, no, not a scratch on him. And the amount of time the pinnacle was standing there saying, no, no. I mean, basically say, come on, dude, get us wet already. I mean, it was it was just, <laughs> no, I'm not, no, no. Evil what, what do you think was uh, a bigger delay in Jericho telling MJF, push me off this cage, and then MJF pushes him? Or the delay to start the hose and get it all get it all over with. Wow, this is um, this is like a fifty one forty nine kind of thing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with last night's. We're we're taping this. We're recording by the way on on Thursday night, a night earlier than we have been usually, May thirteenth. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because as much as the delay on blood and guts was. A bit irritating and was too long and and you know it was a shame that you had to hear jericho say push me now or whatever at least you could say it was building towards drama it was building drama this was just you knew it was happening and i was dreading it i i i just knew it was going to be stupid um because i already said because they're not dumb heels i mean they know what's coming walk the fuck away <laughs> I know. I, my my biggest criticism of the whole thing was, I mean, besides it being a blatant ripoff of uh, this Austin thing, it was the fact that Blood and Guts was supposed to be the blow-off. Like, it's done. 
why are we revisiting this? Like, why couldn't we have another faction run up on the pinnacle? Why couldn't we have a tag team or something? Or I don't know, just move on. Exactly. And and I had another issue with this uh, because I was already annoyed at Brian Cage apparently accepting Adam Page's challenge because I'm thinking he should have just said, no, I beat you two weeks ago. No, well, I'm not accepting this match. And then, then the pinnacle did exactly what I was saying Brian Cage should have done. And I'm like, good, say no, say no. Say it twice. But then once I said three times and four times and just kept standing there waiting, it's just, I mean, what what was the, the delay in shooting the hose? I mean, were they waiting for the gardeners to turn on the water from the, from the hose in the back? I mean, that time could have been used on milking the emotion of the Kazarian Daniels thing, which for people who have followed their career and followed them and, and are hardcore fans, I mean, that actually is an emotional moment. That That's something that deserved not a quick cutaway. That could have used those extra seven to ten seconds, and that would have yeah. been appropriate this didn't need it it didn't it didn't need another single solitary second it could have used some more seconds of thought to 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 put some band-aids and some makeup on jericho to make him look worse for wear yep i didn't like it i did not appreciate the 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 copycatting of this Uh, i mean literally i saw it i said oh no yeah you know what i struggle with like we'll get into the whole thing uh also with the miro and darby match and the the pin slash submission i feel like there's a lot of expectations at least in my head it's built up as aw is supposed to be the alternative to wwe it is supposed to be bigger less hokier and in and 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 not as sports entertaining and for what it, for the time that they've been in business all they've done is prove that wrestling is wrestling you're going to have zany storylines and you know nonsense finishes and that's okay but for me the trouble is I expect you to raise the bar because you told me you were going to be different and be more sports and athletic based. And here you are pulling the same shenanigans. So I don't know when I, or if I'll ever be able to separate those two things. Um, But I think when I do, I think I'll be able to enjoy AEW a lot more. Yeah. And one of the things they have to do is they've got to cut a lot of people, which they don't want to do. I mean, people always say, well, WWE buried this one. They're not paying attention to this one. I mean, they did cut a lot of their roster. Most of the rosters on TV in some capacity. Uh, You might not be watching main event or, or whatever. And, you know, I'm not watching Darker Elevation, so maybe I'm wrong about some of these things too. But, you know, a year ago, people were talking about Shanna as being a big deal. Where's Shanna? Where's she been? She, she came back from France, moved to the United States. I saw her on, on Dynamite once. Rio, they made a big deal of her coming back. What What's she done since? Where's Nyla Rose? Where's Big Swole? I mean, where's Diamante? What, what, what's she been doing? I mean, there, there's I'm sure there's names I'm forgetting, probably tons of them that I'm forgetting. You see them once, twice, and then they're, then they're gone again. Uh, you know, 
I mean, what exactly is Private Party doing? What What's the Blade <laughs> doing? I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's, if you, what, where's Sonny Kiss and Joey Janelle? What, where, where, what's their big role? So, I mean, and I'm not even saying that all these folks should have big roles. I'm just saying that everyone talks about WWE burying this one or not giving this one a chance. Same. It's, it's, it's the same thing. And, and I'm not even saying that, the, that these folks shouldn't be, and they're, they're getting checks good for them. Or at least I presume they are. It's just don't act like everything is cookies and lollipops. You know, call apples apples. There are things AEW does well. There are things they, they do bad. But it's like I always say, and I'm going to keep saying it until people give me credit, that that people in, have in personally invested the potential of AEW, and AEW gives them just enough, just enough on, the, on that push hook, and they keep pulling the line that you're going to keep following, you're going to, you know, I hear respected podcasters saying, you're going to see a lot more with New Japan. Yeah, Yugi Nagata, that proves it. No, it doesn't. It was like, <laughs> we're going to see Ibushi. What else is it going to do? No, Japan is on lockdown, dude. They're, they're not, they're not going to let him out, let alone go to another country for wrestling. That is not happening. New Japan's not going to play with their assets and send them to Florida. <laughs> I mean, Japan's definition of a pandemic is so much more conservative than ours is here. I mean, if they have if they have 30 cases in a day, they lock down the country. I mean, we, we wouldn't even think about that. And I'm not saying which is right or which is wrong. I'm just saying that there's a big difference. We, we look at masks as like an infringement upon our liberty. People in Asia have been wearing masks daily for, for years just to keep themselves safe. Yep. You know, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because you've, uh, jump started my memory. I would, based upon the track record of uh, this supposed partnership between New Japan and AEW, before Nagata, there was Kenta. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if when Kenta was doing business with John Moxley, that he probably caught something and then he brought it back to Japan. I mean, if you look at John Moxley, I mean, you're pretty sure you caught something. <laughs> I almost catch, I almost catch something just by looking at him on my TV screen every week. Um, but I wouldn't surprise hey, I'm me. Sorry. You... I'm sorry, Renee. We're still cool, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure that. Listen, Renee knows this. Renee, Renee, Renee's probably listening, and she's like, "You guys are right. Please help me." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, listen, I think. I think we can safely say that the pandemic or the rise in, in cases in Japan is tied to John Moxley. I'm just saying that. I'm just you think that safe, so this is your QAcon. I think it's safe to say QAcon. Uh, no, I think it's uh, we're almost it's almost factual. Wait, I mean, wait, if you put hold on, hold on. I just got some news in from from the production desk. Apparently, John Moxley wasn't hiding in Nicaragua. It was in India. And the brain-eating fungal virus that's escaped India's borders, that was also caused by John Moxley. It's been confirmed by our, our news desk. Absolutely. I, Thank, you, Tucker. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Tucker Carlson. That's right. Tucker Tucker is on uh, uh, is on our payroll now. Tucker Mick Carlson. Oh, I thought you meant hey, Tucker. <laughs> you mean, hey, you mean Wayne, Wayne Levi or Levi Wayne or whatever his name is? Yeah, well, Cameron Grimes, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, poor Cameron. 
Poor Cameron. Although he's doing great business with Ted DiBiase. He he comes I, he comes on and people turn their TVs off. Really? Yeah, he's he's consistently in the lowest rated quarter hour of NXT almost every time he's on. That is a shame. I mean, listen, beforehand, I told you, like, I don't like Skinner gimmicks. I don't like Country Bumpkin unless, like, you're a female wrestler. Like, you know, the Farmer's Daughter and Glow, like, that really, you know, revved up my gears as a 13-year-old. We but, understand. The, the Marianne exception is in effect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for, for outlining that. Yes, that's been invoked. But... You know, Waylon Mercy, Skinner, Cameron Grimes before this this Dogecoin uh, gimmick. Al Jack and Hillbilly oh, Jim. I, well, Hillbilly Jim only got over with me because of that match at WrestleMania three, which you know four. is it's 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 my favorite match. My fa- probably one of the top ten best wrestling matches ever. Little Beaver. Oh, so of course, Little Beaver, Haiti Kid. Uh, God, if I could remember the other ones, they're just all legendary. We just got on the Wrestling Soup Network. <laughs> they're all listen, <laughs> they're like Network, such buyer's remorse. <laughs> I think I think Wrestling Soup Network needed a little more Little Beaver talk. Like you can't have enough Little Beaver talk, right? Thank God for Evolution. There you go. Thank you. See. Evolution. Everybody's tuning no, no, in for Evolution. Nothing, nothing smooths out a little beaver situation like Evolution. Oh, absolutely. By the way, um, did you watch that uh, once again? AEW Dynamite was. <laughs> hold up. First off, now this time there's two crazy commercials on AEW Dynamite. So on AEW Dynamite, there is a women's, I think it's a Gillette Venus pubic hair shaver commercial. If you pay mm-hmm. close attention, you'll see that. I've seen and, that. And then there's this. I don't know what type of prescription drug it is, but it's for what I was watching it on mute and it looks like it's a, a commercial for some sort of uh, mind control. Mm. It's called Cephaly. And and it's supposed to like, it's like a a band that you put on your head. Like you look like you're, um, it, it looks like in The Incredibles 2, they had, I don't know if you've seen Incredibles 2, there's the screen slaver that puts like this screen over your eye. Well, instead of going your eye, this goes over your forehead. Wait, and it's is, like this- is, is that what Matt Jackson was wearing? His head, that headdress? Holy shit, probably. Probably he's got this one of these cephaly units. It's like an inhibitor chip and you put it on and it's like changes your 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 brain waves. So Does that way instead of- COVID chip? I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it does. It it blocks your your sense of reasoning, so that's probably why it's on AEW because they already know that AEW viewers are susceptible to uh, cult like uh, followings. Hmm. So I don't know about you, but I feel quite comforting that I'm never alone, knowing that Bill Gates is always monitoring my every move. It's like, <laughs> it's like home alert. It's like if I fall and I can't get up, I know that like one of the richest men in the world is right there, right there to pick me up. Are you are you listening to uh what's this guy uh the original Qcon guy? Oh my god! I, I I listen. I'm I'm fully steeped in that. Tomorrow in Garden. Well, I'm not sure when this show's going to run, but I have a, a gentleman. Alex Jones. That's it. Is that's of, it. 
No, the, the, well, Alex Jones came on the bandwagon of the people I talked to. The folks I talked to are true believers original. QAnon came after these folks. Um, yeah, no, one world government, new world order, Satan is in the internet. It's it's going to be some scary, scary stuff. But, yeah, people people believe it. But, um, yes, I, I, listen, I already have made my, I already have my timeshare in the second layer of the hollow earth. I have a lovely condo in, in Agartha, plenty of real stored up. So, you know, don't worry. It's good. But is your second condo in the Savage Land? I want to get into this because earlier today you tweeted out that you're not a fan of the Savage Land in the Marvel comic books because apparently it's very offensive to you that Kazar is a Tarzan ripoff. I always thought it was stupid. <laughs> I, I always thought the Savage Land was stupid. I thought Sauron was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and he spoke. At least speak telepathically, not use your beak. I mean, it was the but, but no, the Savage Land is actually on the surface. Where I'm talking about is inside one of the layers of the Hollow Earth. If you knew anything, you would know that the the Earth has many layers to it, including underground mountainscapes, cisterns, which mm -hmm. are underground seas and and lakes. Yeah. Rivers, the whole, the I, whole. I, I watched Kong versus Godzilla. I know about the Middle Earth. Well, then you know, then then you should know. It's it's a little bit like that, except there's more layers. There there isn't that much, but the the gra the gravity inverse, the gravitational inverse layer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a real thing. That's not what they call it, but that that that's a that's a real thing. It's, it's yeah, it's, I it's I, the polarity I, switch. I watched uh, the the movie about a journey to the center of the Earth with Encino Man. There you I go. watch that. That's right. Well, I would, I would, I uh, would commend you to watch Iron Sky Two: The Coming Race. Iron Eagle Two? No, no, no. That's 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 a different piece of brilliance. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> Gedrick. <laughs> Jason, Jason Gedrick, the shit, the show killer. Holy shit! This show has gone off the rails. Has it? <laughs> or is it the best show ever? Probably both. <laughs> the, that there were. This is this is a true story. It's not much of a story because I mean it never went anywhere. But there were like ten years in a row where every year Jason Gedrick would be on a show and Blair Underwood would be on a show, and the show would be canceled like within one episode to four episodes. So they were the absolute show killers. Blair was Underwood it? eventually got on like uh, Sex and the City, and then he was on. Uh, he had a recurring role on on Shield. Uh, and Gedrick had one season on Murder One. But aside from that, they were the show killers. So I actually proposed a TV show starring Jason Gedrick and Blair Underwood where they mind-swapped, and they were stuck with each other, and they both knew that each other were show killers, and they both blamed each other for their floundering careers. But they couldn't kill each other because they occupied each other's bodies, so they had to coexist. Holy shit, this is like some uh, fucking Blade Runner type shit right there. Yeah, this is going to be our first Patreon show. I shouldn't be giving this away. You should have uh, pitched this to, uh, oh my God, uh, Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick, yeah, I'm sure. Have you yeah. read any any Philip K. Dick uh, novels? I have. I have. One. Yes. Only one. Only one? I, that, see, that surprised me. I, I feel like you would have read a lot of his sci-fi stuff. No, no. All of it is. No, um, no, I, I, I mean, I've read a lot of the traditional sci-fi, which should be no surprise to anyone. But 
I might have read more than one, but I, I'm only positive that I read one. If like you, if you shot off some titles, I'm more of a Neil Stevenson kind of guy. Um, mm. I, I liked a couple of the the Richard K. Morgan uh, sci-fi books. The, the The Altered Carbon trilogy was actually really good, um, and he had a book called Thirteen, which was fabulous. Everyone should read it. Um, what about the one about the Savage Land? No, nothing about the Savage Land is good. Everything about the Savage <laughs> Land is bad. We're going to get some real hate mail now from Sauron fans. Who, who from dinosaurs? <laughs> Luchasaurus is going to be like... That's right. Uh, that's really what he's, gonna, he's like, you know, he's got some good points about AEW, but the Savage Line, that's too far. <laughs> it's on. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, Let's get back to wrestling. Fairness, I didn't like the Inhumans either, like that whole Lockjaw, Black Bolt... He speaks and the whole world blows up. No, no, no. Come on. Like he can't get a cough. Oh, shut up. Stupid. Oh my but God. if he talks in like, sleep, idiot. Idiotic. I feel like we need like an alternate, like a like a uh, an alternate show just to deep dive into comic book uh arcs. Well, you can and join Dari's just... Patreon and listen to the show that we did. Three hours of this. Oh my god. Where were you? Just going like through different arcs of Marvel comics and DC comics and just shitting on it? No, we went through the MCU basically, and and no, it was not also. It was actually mostly positive because we both love the MCU. But he went through the the two TV shows that I haven't seen, so uh, that part was mostly just him and me sort of saying nothing for the last hour, which was probably the best hour of the show. Copy. Watch how I segue this, please. You know who said a lot this past uh, Wednesday on Dynamite was Cody Rhodes. Did really? You catch his yeah. Did you catch his promo? Yeah, something like four score and twenty years ago he freed the slaves and he's the first man to have a interracial baby and he's going to Bi- name bi- her biracial, biracial, right? And and her name is going to be Megan and she's going to steal a prince from England and and he <laughs> declares war on England and. No one's ever done that before, and I don't. I, I don't think he said all that. I think you're you're putting your own spin to that. You think? Yeah, his his promo jumped all the sharks. I mean, listen, I think it's fine. Like it, it started. I like some of it. I like the you're here on a uh, you know a Department of Labor visa or an Immigration Department visa. You're getting tre- money from the U.S. Department of Treasury. I mean, I thought that was all fine. But like, I think he only said something about the United States once, meaning a go-go. And then, like, I remembered he'd laid the British flag over one of the victims. So I figured like it's going to be a flag against flag match where the loser has to have the the flag draped over them, and that would sort of make sense. I, but they, but they would, maybe they'll announce a stipulation because, of course, they will. Like, if it's Cody, it'll be a stipulation that makes no sense that's not to his advantage, like a like a take this match or something, which would you know, <laughs> advantage the boxer. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, I <laughs> it's Cody, so you never know. And you can, you, you can go on to the promo because I've, I've bastardized it enough. But he, like, Brandy has to be close to birth date. So, like, he should take, you know, if he's taking paternity leave, he probably is. This is a good way to put the guy over. And then I'm sure when he comes back, he'll do, I mean, I hate to say it, but he'll do, like, a, a Brody Lee, and he'll, he'll, he'll get killed, and then he'll destroy him the next match um, or win the next match and get his, get his win back. Uh, but at least he'll put the guy over once. 
and I think that's what should happen. But yeah, this this promo was ridiculous. He he jumped jumped every shark, like comparing a wrestler to Jim Crow and segregation and voting rights and you know I I don't know it it was too much. It was it was very self indulgent. I agree. I think he he went into just wait. He went way into the weeds he didn't even need to get into. What are your thoughts on his uh, idea of bringing back the American dream moniker and taking that for himself? I don't know. I mean, the whole thing was so, I mean, I was almost in shock. I, I'm sitting going, what the hell just happened here? That that was almost like, fine, whatever, who cares? I mean, but a go-go better call himself the British Nightmare. <laughs> so who's the face and who's the heel in this? Because I got vibes that Cody's the heel. USA, USA, what are you talking about? Mm, I don't know. I'm going know. to a go-go is definitely the heel. What is but what has a go-go done that is heelish? Well, he's done things that are heelish, but he hasn't done anything to start a war among nations. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's he's just tough, taking a couple of cheap shots. I mean, it's not that big a deal. It ain't that big a thing. But um yeah, uh, Cody's Cody's the face. He he's solving he's He's reuniting America against our original enemy, the British. Did we need this? What what is going on? I didn't know that this needed to be done. Did we need a continental congress? Did did, did we need a revolution? Did we need a tea party? We did, but that was like 200 years ago. Did we surrender when Benjamin Franklin got struck by lightning? Wait, what? <laughs> Did we surrender when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? The Germans, shh, he's on a roll. It's Animal House, you heathen. Um, no, the, 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 this was off the rails, and and he cried, and I laughed. and <laughs> You laugh at when Cody cries. A little bit, yeah. Um, okay, listen, he, he tried way too hard on this. And he took 10 or 11 minutes just to say it's a match. I mean, not even a stipulation. I mean, I can't stress enough to say it's a one-on-one match that everybody assumed was going to happen anyway is a waste of 10 minutes. Again, when you just retired a 23-year veteran who's supposed to be one of your best friends. Yeah. And you had allegedly a Japanese legend there. They could have given that some more time too, instead of this self-indulgent nonsense. Or it could have been taped on the Tron, so at least we didn't have to wait for his three-minute entrance. Yeah, I've got nothing else on it. Let's move on to the main event: Miro versus Darby Allen. It, I I think it was a really good match. I like the fact that you got to see this powerhouse Miro. Um, I, I, you know, we've been talking about Darby and you call him this Terminator like character because apparently the guy can't be stopped or takes a beating and keeps on ticking. It's like the Energizer Bunny or 
Is that the Duracell one? I don't know. Whatever. Um, there was a little hokiness going on with the finish. So Miro puts on this. It's not really the accolade, right? But he did put this kind of chin lock on him and then flip it back. And then he he kind of pins himself with Darby on top and his shoulders are down. Yeah, for like 10 seconds. For like 10 seconds. The ref calls the submission but doesn't count the pin. And I thought the story was going to be that Darby wins and Miro's like, what, what? And then there was going to be a rematch. And I thought, oh, that's kind of clever. But then when when they gave it to Miro, I mean, let me back up a little bit. I also thought this was a good match. I am glad Miro won. I am glad that Miro has a title. I'm also glad that Darby lost a regular match. And I think in the long run, that's good for him because this Terminator thing could not sustain itself. It would be impossible for him to lose. So now that he's lost a match, and yes, they did the injury angle a week ago or whatever, or two weeks ago, um, at least he looks like he can be beat. And I actually think long-term that's good for him. That said, there was a, there was a, like a, like a roll up or some, or like a crucifix where Miro's shoulders were definitely down for three. Fine. The ref didn't count to three and, and that's fine. He knew that he wasn't supposed to, but that was a minor botch. And then there was this, I have heard people say it's referee's discretion in that case. I'm not sure I've heard that before anywhere. Um, I don't know where this AEW rule book is. I know that WWE actually does have a rule book with some really strange rules that, that including like the, like the person who's outside in a tag team can attack the person who's legal in the tag team outside of the ring, or there's a disqualification. Um, in any event, I don't want shit up because I thought this was a really good match. They were just, they were just those couple of wonky spots, but I was really happy mirror one. And then it, it left me with a good taste in my mouth. Because the rest of the show was was it was like a carnival, but a bad carnival. I will say that I like the match. I think Darby did a really good job. I like the story of you know, in, in near the end of the match, he's like, "I'm running out of gas, Sting. What should I do?" And Sting was like, "Keep fighting, Rock. You can <laughs> beat him." <laughs> and then and then Rocky loses. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I like how he went from being Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, to Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balboa, and Rocky won. Well, Rocky did lose in Rocky won. He did. He did. Um, and the finish, I thought, was one of two things. And I think, in my opinion, the jury's still out on which one is which. If it is... A ploy, if the finish with the pin was intentional to possibly draw a second match, then that makes the most sense to me, especially if their ratings were at a high point in that main event. It means people are interested and they need to do business again. Here's your opportunity with this wonky pin situation. But if it's just, again, bad officiating and Miro didn't realize that his shoulders were down, then we've got another problem. Like, if it is this so-called discretion of the referee, 
what's the point of like what's the point of having the ref if there is no referee rusev just puts him in this move and makes him tap so there's no real reason to have a referee there's no reason for rules well that's but that presumes that there's going to be a submission with a pass out but that's the finish right that was the finish was but you would hey, know that's the finish I, before the match started if there's no referee. Listen, maybe they went to the Savage Land. Who knows? I just <laughs> this was ridiculous. It's just like every single time in AEW, like almost every episode of Dynamite, you can guarantee that there's going to be some sort of fucked up situation where the ref does something wrong, doesn't count a tag, doesn't count the the, the count out right loses control of a tag team match whatever it's just anarchy it's just plain old anarchy i and it's it they gotta just it's a simple fix why don't they just fucking fix it i don't know i don't know which it was i mean i hope that they turn it into story i mean i assume that sting and darby are going to be pivoted towards page and sky though it would be strange because i mean you'd think that page and sky should have some success which either means that Darby's losing or Sting's going to start eating pins, which I can't see even though he's 62. I, I I don't know where they go with that. But it would, and obviously Miro is pivoting towards Archer, but I wouldn't mind if the story was with Darby. I didn't lose that match. I won that match. Your, your shoulders, so turn it, weave it into the story and, and bring it back later. So even if it was an, an L, uh, turn it into a W. Listen, Within the first 47 minutes of Dynamite, I had four, oh, okay moments. And then I realized after the fourth, I'm like, that's one, oh, okay, too many. And then there were shrugs and then shaking my head. And there's just, and there's too many of them. And mm -hmm. listen, I want to make it clear for the world again. We know Raw is generally bad. We know WWE does dumb things but they are not the new box. And there is not a large percentage of their fans out there going, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. That the, the dirty dogs against the Mysterios was epic. We're, we're not <laughs> yeah, that. It's, it's not the insane exuberance. This, so this is, this is a, an action having an equal and opposite reaction. If WWE fans were yelling that Ziegler and Rude are so great, they're the best ever, two of the best workers of all time, and they really deserve this, we like, Shut the hell up. I mean, so, you know, we'll, we'll criticize that too. But, you know, there, there's the, – it's also not the new thing, and it didn't come in with all – like WWE doesn't come out and say, we're going to be completely different. We're going to make everyone employees. We're going to give everyone health insurance. We're going to do everything different. Everyone's going to be paid top dollar. Uh, we're, we're not going to bury anyone. We're not going to have any scandal. I mean, you know, every everything's a unicorn. Yeah. Um, and it's not. So some of the things are just horses, and some of them are just mules, and some of them are donkeys, and there's a whole lot of jackasses. Jeff, in that, in 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 that. But that was way. a good promo. You hear? I turned. I, I ended with a whole bunch of jackasses. That was. That was. Thank you. All right. Very good. Acknowledgement. In, in that same <laughs> acknowledged. Thank you. The the in that same vein, um, we had. Um, a lot of people online today uh, were saying that Rusev has uh, Miro. Say, thank you, Miro. Miro has redeemed himself. Look at him. 
that they're putting the rocket on him, that he's back to, you can take him seriously. Screw you, Vince McMahon. This proves that he, him leaving was the right decision. Jeff, is that a bunch of hogwash? Because honestly, the TNT title is a mid-card title. And this is the equivalent of Rusev in the WWE winning a U.S. title. Which Why? he did. Yeah, he did it three times. I looked it up because apparently people were like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen to Miro. He's going to be unstoppable now. Like, let's be real. It's a mid-card title. Something he's already done three times in WWE. It is and it isn't because it is sort of the dynamite title, even though it shouldn't be. It's treated as such. It's, it's sort of the flagship show title. Now, does this erase the last year, which has been 90 terrible, 10 good? No. Has he redeemed himself? It's too early to say. Have they redeemed the booking? Has he redeemed his decision? It's too early to tell. Maybe. It could be. I, I hope so. I mean, he's he's shown signs of it. I love the guy. I, listen, if AW built around him, Brian Cage, Hangman Page, and, and a few other people, I'll give you a Darby, uh, and, and a few other people, and 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 they and that was the core that they were building around, Jade Cargill in, in the uh, women's division, which eventually they are, Britt Baker, which obviously they're, they're going to do, which is smart. She's gold. Um, you know, and, and some others, I'd be happy, but when you build around two, listen, I'm a size, so when you build around Darby and OC and Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara and Kip Sabian and all of these, all these little, little guys, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, there's just too many of the little guys. And especially the, really the first four or five I mentioned, like the, the, the guys who are like probably less than 160. That's just too much for me to build, to be your core stars and your core faces too um like i omega his size is fine you know with with the people around him and what's going on um there's it's it but it's just too much like you could do something more with the butcher and the blade I, I, i'm just saying that they have people if they built around that it, it would be a great promotion um or at least much more appealing to me and i think to casual fans because despite what some people say when most people think of professional wrestling, which they don't watch, they're thinking of big, big superhero, monstrous kind of Goliath, gargantuan yeah. type, larger than life characters. They're not thinking about acrobats. They're just not. You're, you're thinking about like, you know, uh, kind of like the circus, right? Like you want to see the these these large attractions that you're not going to see anywhere else. You want to see the tigers. You want to see the elephants. Will you look at the 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 high wire and and the trapeze? Is it cool? Sure, but you know, but the clowns are clowns. You know, the, the clowns aren't aren't. <laughs> even if the clown's the star, the clown doesn't feel like the star. You know, they're sort of like the Greek chorus. The the lion's the star. The elephant's the star. Or somebody getting shot out of a cannon is a star. But yeah, I mean, it, it, you know. It's it's not boxing, and if it was, boxing has weight classes, so that the the one hundred and thirty five pound guy doesn't fight the one hundred and ninety seven pound guy. The one hundred and thirty five pound guy, if the other person is one hundred and thirty eight point one pounds, he he's not in that fight. He's disqualified. Yeah, he didn't make weight. I mean, yeah, 
you know, I know I it, feel you. It doesn't need to be that strict. I'm just saying you can't have so many of these. I'll I'll give them one or I like Darby. And I like how they used Orange Cassidy year one. I thought that was brilliant. It was sporadic. It was comedy. Every now and then he he got a got a great move. Like right up to the street fight with uh, Santana and Ortiz. Right after that, they started trying to make him a, a star. And they are convinced that he's a star because their 500 or 600 loyal hardcore tell them he's a star. He's not. He's not a same with Adam Cole, not a star. I mean, same with Kyle O'Reilly. That that's why you're. That's why NXT unopposed. You're back under seven hundred thousand because you're building around. You bring us Bobby Fish back, not even in shape. Bobby Fish, <laughs> dad bod. Bobby Fish, Bobby Fish. Very very controversial, Jeff. <laughs> you're on one tonight. Whatever. It was, what um, was that the people are speaking by not watching. AEW lost 160,000 people in one week. They lost over 300,000 people in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Speaks volumes. Yes. Um. All right. Anything else for AEW before we move on? I can just quickly do the ratings. 936,000. Kate and Yomi dinner. Uh, dark. Again, the, the constant victim in the in this really low. 235, two weeks ago, or a week ago, 249, two weeks ago, 289. Not even cracking 300,000 after three weeks. Elevation starting to catch down to the others. This week, 304. Last week, 447. Not terrible, but not, nothing to write home about. Three week, Two weeks ago, 290. So elevation starting to get in, in the doldrums as well. So that, that's really it that I have for... Uh, AW. I'm trying. Well, they they announced that they're touring. I think everybody knows this by now. But they're touring in Miami, Dallas, Cedar Park. I think they announced a couple of other shows. Maybe St. Louis and New Orleans. I might be wrong about this. You know what's kind of sad. I hate to bring this up, but I feel like it needs to be brought up. Please. A W. What were the A W Dark numbers again? AW Dark 235 a couple days ago, a week ago and a couple days, 249,000, and two weeks ago and a couple days, 289,000. You know, for the people that were criticizing about why bring back Ava Marie, why bring back Ava Marie, do you know how many YouTube views Ava Marie's vignette has on YouTube? <laughs> I, I don't, but I'm going to guess it's going to be in eight figures. It's at least 300,000. The last time I ch- The last time I checked. Okay, well, I, I was overstating it then. Um, but, well, I mean, that's that's funny. But, I mean, listen, it's also a five-minute commitment versus a two-hour commitment. Um, but, I, but I feel you. I mean, there are some injuries with AEW. Ricky Starks is injured. He's out for 90 days. He actually fractured his neck, but it's not going to be surgery. Santana missed the show because he actually was sick. They said he got arrested for stabbing someone with a fork, which I actually <laughs> thought was pretty funny. Um and Orange Cassidy appears to have been hurt in, in that match. And apparently they called an audible where Kenny took out Pac with the, the belt, or Pac, sorry. And, and it's a triple threat in double or nothing. Um, that's quite an audible to make it a triple threat. So I don't know if just the finish was changed. It always was going to be a triple threat. But Orange Cassidy apparently got concussed or something. There's I haven't heard any details since. It's We're only you know a day past, but... 
hopefully he's okay. Um, but I was wondering that there was some point where his face was really red and I'm like, geez, he must've held his breath for 60 seconds to make it look like that. Now it turns out he was really knocked out. He, he probably yep. was having trouble breathing from being knocked out. Yep. So that was pretty scary, uh, especially afterwards. Uh, cause I didn't, cause it seemed like an AEW end. Uh, but listen, if that wasn't audible, that wasn't a bad audible. So kudos. Thinking on the run, you know, and, and WWE a couple times when they've had sort of problems and had to do shows on the run, that's been some of their best work. And and this, you know, this was not a bad audible as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's an audible and they're claiming that it wasn't. They're claiming that it was booked the way it's supposed to be booked. So I don't know how much I believe that, but that's what they're saying. Fair enough. Um, let's quickly talk about, I mean, since we already talked about ratings, uh, AW ratings, let's talk about this rebellion impact rebellion ratings news. So <laughs> if anybody remembers a couple weeks back, um, we were trying to get the exact numbers and we couldn't, we tried, we hit up Meltzer, we hit up Brian Alvarez, we hit up, uh, who else did we hit up, uh, Jeff? Jason Nason. Jason Nasem, uh, uh Brian Gerwick, to try and get us these numbers. No Steve one. Gerwick. Steve Gerwick. Sorry. We, we couldn't find uh, anybody to give us these numbers. Nobody. Nobody. And and so they finally, I think two, what is it, a month later? Rod Jerry. Uh, there were a bunch of people. That yeah, Rod Jerry. We, we, and there we, were other we, people that were sub-hit up in, in that as well that were journalists and the only thing that that was reported back then right about a month ago when this first aired like a week after yes was from Meltzer and Meltzer said the impact uh people are very happy Sinclair's very happy they did nine times uh their best pay-per-view from last year long by very strong buy rate. They're very happy. Nine times better. So all the sycophants ran with that nine times better nonsense. And I immediately question and go, what does nine times mean? What is it? Nine times one, nine times two, nine times three. What is it? Nine times, nine times zero. Um, well, you told we, a true story about your house party. And I, I told an analogy saying, if I told you that I that I ran a house party and it was from the first house party that I threw last year to this one, it's nine times improved attendance. It that sounds like a banging party. Like, hey Steve, let's get let me get an invite to that party. But then when I tell you the truth and say, well, last year the party was just me, and this year it was nine other dudes, that still sounds like a really fucking awful party. Well, we kind of found out our answer, and it's exactly just like that nine-dude party. The Rebellion numbers came in at a whopping 10,000 buys. I guarantee you they rounded up. I absolutely believe that they rounded up. Because nowhere does it say it's a specific 10,000 number. It says approximately 10,000. Mm -hmm. That leads me to believe that it was a rounded-up number. So... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I know you are a lawyer by profession, so mm -hmm. I don't I don't know how strong your math is, but if I 
reverse the nine times, I think that's division, right? That's correct, yeah. So if I divide 10 by 9, mm -hmm. the, the, in, the original number was 1.12, 1 1.13,000 buys. So that was their best number before. It would be a little Ken over 1,100. Correct. Kenny Omega helped them get to 10,000. So before I bring up my next analogy, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this? Is this a win? Not a win? What are we, what are we celebrating? Should I go get the champagne? I mean, it's a win for me because I've been mocking impact mercilessly for years and I've been scoffing at this relationship from the beginning. So yeah, it's absolutely a win. And it's a further win that apparently Impact has a pay-per-view this Saturday night that almost nobody knew about. I didn't know about it except it dropped on my feed today on Facebook. And you wouldn't have known about it from watching Dynamite last night because they didn't talk about it at all, that there's a title match involving Kenny Omega this Saturday night with Impact. So, uh, you know, obviously he's not losing his AEW title uh, anytime soon. So that's great. Um, so why would anyone buy this impact pay-per-view if it was for Kenny Omega? Um, he hasn't been a draw on ratings. In fact, they've lost some viewers. Um, this on their weekly time, show, right? Yeah, their regular weekly show. Obviously, we're doing this on Thursday, so we won't know those numbers until tomorrow. But I'm guessing it's going to be sort of around the same 120 mark, maybe a little bit more, probably a little less. Um I don't know. There's just too much wrestling, but is this a win for impact? I mean, no. I mean, I guess technically since they did get around 9,000 more buys, that's, that's better for them, but I have no idea what their financial investment in this has been. If anything, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony's paying the whole thing. So I guess that's a, a win though. I'm sure they have to do some sort of sharing of the revenue. Um, but no, this, this 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 is not a win in anyone's book except a jackass like myself who likes bad news just so he can be right. Um, yeah, no, this 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 is this is an L. This is a giant, giant, giant L. I agree with you. I liken this to Kmart celebrating a big weekend in sales. Kmart can have a really big weekend in sales, and guess what? They're still fucking Kmart. And they're still going out of business. So this is what that is. Hey. Well, you got one part. Impact can't go out of business. It, it's actually ordained by the old gods and the new. That it, it's it's <laughs> if impact impact going out of business is the sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> Probably. It's, it's, impact will be here before before we, we leave the earth or after we leave the earth. It, it actually, it may be, it actually might be the afterlife. The afterlife is impact wrestling. Oh my God. We're all living it. Here we are. <laughs> Anything else on uh, impact? No, <laughs> no, there's nothing more on impact. <laughs> Absolutely not. And even if there was, I wouldn't know about it. I, I have no, I have zero idea. No. Um, Tessa Blanchard has not resigned there. <laughs> You know, you know, going back to this nine times thing, because I'm fascinated by this nine times. If I told you that I had nine times more female lovers, you'd probably be like, that's impressive. 
if I tell you that's nine times more than one, maybe I kind of come across as a stud. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of a player there. Yeah, nine. That's, that's not <laughs> bad. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, if you can handle it, I mean, if you're not married or if you're it's in not, one of those. It's not nine times at one in one shot. I think I'd be gassed. Well, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe not. You are a Latin lover. <laughs> All right, let's move on to backlash. Oh, sorry, you're, you're, sorry. Uh, you're just done. You you were having so much fun with this nine times thing. I'm done. I'm, I, maybe I'll bring it up later. Nine times. Nine times Avalotion. <laughs> let's talk about WrestleMania backlash. That that would be a better song than the one they they're probably planning. Let's use this opportunity to also recap Raw, SmackDown, all that jazz. Let's, let me run down the card for you. So in no specific order, I'm just going to read this off. It looks like right now we have six matches, maybe more to come after SmackDown this week. Number one, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman. This is a triple threat match for the WWE title. Jeff, who do you see coming out victorious here? Our man, the reason we formed this podcast, podcast. Smashley. Bobby Smashley is going to remain victorious. Who eats the pin? Drew Braun. or Braun? Braun? Braun eats the pin. Yeah, I, I see this. I think, what What do you think is uh, Drew's next move? Who's he going to battle next? Well, I think he may, it may be a continuing feud with Braun, or if there's interference from retribution in this, then it may be Drew and Braun tagging against Retribution, who will no longer be called Retribution, and then one of them will turn on the other one. Okay. I I have uh, some outside hope that uh, his next feud is with Jinder. I know that before Jinder got injured, that's what they wanted to do, but then he got injured. So. Jinder with, with, what was the guy's name? Veer and Shanky? Uh, uh, you mean the AOP? Lenny and Squiggy, Lenny and Squiggy. Yes, it's like it's like skanky venereal. I mean, I, I no, no, it's, it's Shanky and and Veer or Veneer. I mean, I mean, these are the names they came up with. I call them the, I call them the auth authors of plane. <laughs> I like uh, I like that he's got a tag team. I mean, like, first off, can we celebrate the fact that Jinder is back? I mean, his entrance music really bops. His it's music is terrific. I wish the Singh brothers were there to make it more opulent and ridiculous. I think he actually got worse at wrestling since he was gone. Oh, no. um, and, I mean, is the best they could come up with a black tank top and a scarf for these two guys? Like, why couldn't they give them, like, some sort of interesting outfit? Something. One, one, one of them has uh, some sort of facial paint on. They both have facial paint, but it's not the same facial paint. So it, it, oh. it, it's not exactly what, what was it, in, Indus Share had? I'm not even sure it's the same two guys. I think one of them might have been replaced. Um, I don't know. I wasn't really big fan of Indus Share in NXT to begin with. So, Well, I'm not that big a fan of this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to undercut something real quick that people are talking about. I don't think that Jeff Hardy is being abused. This exact this is exactly what a 43-year-old wrestler is supposed to be doing in one of their last contracts. They're supposed to be putting people over. Should it be gender necessarily? No, who's 37 or whatever the case is. But still, 
Jeff Hardy. Why, should not, why be- not? Why not gender? Gender is the former world champion. Uh, he's bad at wrestling. Listen, I'm perfectly fine with gender and skanky and venereal uh, being the <laughs> NXT India champions or the NXT Asia uh, champions and, and having all the gold and every now and then coming here and challenging, you know, challenge the UK champion, come challenge the, the, the SmackDown champion, challenge, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, four pay-per-views they could, they can challenge for titles, maybe even win them every now and then bring them, bring them back to the subcontinent. I'm, I'm okay with that, but no, I am of all the people to get excited about gender ain't it. I, I would have rather they brought AOP back and put them with, them with ricochet since they love three person teams what is this thing with three person teams what is it like is the visual so great that they have one person flanked by two i don't think it's that spectacular i mean i think the pinnacle looked pretty good with five or six people i mean the dark order doesn't look good period but i think having eight of them look stronger than three yeah i don't know maybe they like the visual of three you can have three man tags there you go Mm-hmm. Well, if they should if they love that so much, then they should have trios titles. Oh no, that's too many titles. Well, we already got like thirty six titles on NXT, uh, WWE main event. I don't care. It's too many. All right, next match: Bianca versus Bailey. This is for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, this is predictions, right? Bianca. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, but I think it's going to be a good match. I think people are like saying it's going to be a squash, and they're going to make Bailey look like a clown. No, I, th- I think it's going to be a, a really good match, a back and forth. I think they're going to make you think that Bailey's going to win, but I think Bianca's going to win. I think they're going to put on a, a, a good show. Okay, I agree. I think Bianca wins. Um, Rhea Ripley versus Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. This is for the Raw Women's Championship. Any any way Charlotte wins here? I have to tell you, if this was three weeks ago, I would have said absolutely not. This is Rhea. I mean, Asuka's taking the pin no matter what what's happening. She's obviously there to be the baby face that takes takes pins for the next six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rhea, the last few times that she's been out, it's like she forgot how to wrestle. Like I'm thinking that like like she has an MCL tear or something with a hammy or yeah, uh, right. Back. She's she's not moving right. I mean, it's not. I know people saying her character and her scripting and creative, creative didn't tell her how to not wrestle. I mean, her and Oscar look clumsy out there together. And if they did, and they they've worked together before. And if you can't have chemistry with Oscar, who can have so? Something's wrong. Um, so, and if there is something wrong, then it's going to Charlotte because she's the only person that's playing her character perfect in this little grouping. Um, Sasha, I guess, is taking some time off. She was playing it perfect. I mean, Bianca's playing her thing well, and Bailey's doing it well. Actually, actually, a lot of the women, the Carmelo's playing her role well. Whether you think she's a great wrestler or not is a different story. Um, I do, but Charlotte is is has been. Damn near perfect as a heel that you hate, but you know that they're gonna, that she's gonna put on good matches. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Charlotte because something's not right with Rhea. This is, and maybe Rhea gets gets her stuff right and she gets her win back at SummerSlam in the one on one that she always should have had with Charlotte um, as as a face because they haven't. I mean, her character's been heel and face sometimes within the same segment. Yeah. I I mean 
I I was watching Raw and I was like, eh, you know, I, I know this is criticism of Rhea, like, is she a heel? Is she a face? Is she a I, she comes across as a tweener to me? Like she's like a badass. I'm a rebel. I'm a badass. Um, so like she doesn't really come across as a heel. She's not really doing anything heelish. She's and costing a heel a match. That's not heelish. And let's not forget that Charlotte does have the wild card of Sonia Deville. She has an authority oh. figure on her side. So she does. I mean, you have plenty of things. I mean, you could have like a, like a, like not to steal from AW, but you could have sort of a screwed up finish where there's, where it's not clear who got, who should have gotten the win. And Sonia mm -hmm. comes out and says, restart it. And, you know, then, you know, and Charlotte takes advantage of it or something like that. I, I don't know. I, but conventional wisdom would be that Rhea keeps the bell, but I think something's wrong. And if they see it and they react, which are giant ifs, um, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with Charlotte. I I think you've convinced me that it will be Charlotte because I I agree with you. I don't think I don't think uh, Rhea is a hundred percent. I think she might be having an injury. Who knows when the injury occurred, but. Yeah, she looked both her and Asuka looked real sloppy. And, you know, Asuka's pretty good, even in the ring with the likes of Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke. Like, that's not, it looks like there's an injury. Um, Asuka's top 10 in the world, if not top five. Next up, we've got Damian Priest versus Miz in a lumberjack match. I mean, if Damian Priest doesn't win this, there's absolutely no point to it. And and I think that he is. I, I mean, and and I think the only thing that may come out of any interest is that this will be where Morrison and Miz officially schism or start where it becomes obvious. But yeah, Priest is winning. There's, I mean, if Miz wins this, that I mean, uh, if if Miz wins this one, I I will shit on this that result every bit as much as I did about <laughs> the, the fiend loss at WrestleMania and about anything I said about AEW Dynamite this week. I don't know. I kind of can see Miz winning on some lumberjack flukeness and them stretching this out for another pay-per-view. I'm telling you, the Morrison's gonna be one of the lumberjacks and he's gonna he's gonna go for one of his moves. Someone's gonna duck and he's gonna like he's he's gonna like he's super kick. Miz or do one of his you know flying moves and hit Miz by accident or whatever and there you go. All right, let's find out. Uh, dirt find the, out. the Dirty Dogs versus the Mysterios. <laughs> I mean, this, I, this 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 has to be the match that that I officially call the I don't care one bit about any of these guys. Um, I mean, they want the father-son tag team to win, right? Uh, I mean, will they put titles on Dominic and Ray? Yes, they will. And I don't know how the Dirty Dogs have kept the title that this these, this long as it is. Uh, they keep surprising me. I actually would rather they keep the titles because I don't like Dominic one bit, and I've never really been a Ray guy, and I don't like and like everything has been weird since they've come back with the the mother and the daughter and murphy would, and would you would you like them would you like um i was about to call him umberto carrillo 
<laughs> Would you like Dominic better if his sister was flanked with him? No. I, I, no, 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 and no. No, none of it. Um, would would uh, you like Dominic better if he was flanked by a talking pterodactyl? Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I know that's inconsistent with prior statements, but sometimes... I knew I'd get the Savage Land over. Well, sometimes if there's just enough bad things together, it becomes good, which is exactly the formula of the Dungeon of Doom. Um <laughs> You want a prediction, right? I'm I'm going to say the Mysterios for the feel good moment. I I think so. I think it's over with the Dirty Dogs, but who knows? Um, and then finally, we've got the singles uh, match for the WWE Universal Championship. That's Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. Uh, what do you see happening here? We're going to get Cesaro getting put over. Is he going to finally get that brass ring? Is no. Vince going to give him? The brass ring? No, no. the The tribal chief will continue, and somehow Jimmy Uso is going to figure into this. Costs are the match, probably unwillingly, but he's still going to. And it's there's going to be weeks of dancing partners between various Usos, Roman, the other Uso and Cesaro, and mixed tags and and round robin singles tournaments, and it's going to be infuriating. And it starts. This Sunday night at WrestleMania Backlash with Cesaro losing to the Tribal Chief. Do you think with Jimmy coming back and saying, I ain't, I ain't a bitch like my brother, is there any way that Jimmy costs Roman the match and Roman keeps the belt via disqualification? Yeah, it, it, it's certainly possible. And by the way, I hate that story. I think that Jimmy should know and he should acknowledge and he should join Jay and, and he's taking food off his family's table. And there are some big, big people in that family and they need the food. This, this is not <laughs> cool. So big Who are some of these big people? Afa, Sika, Rakishi, Jacob oh, Fatu, Lance Anuai, uh, the rock. That's a big man. Nyan Tamina. Can't, can't rock feed himself no he depends oh. on roman wow yeah he, he everything the rock does goes to charity look at that okay do, do you what do you want to know why impact exists because the rock buys his way into the afterlife by supporting impact oh okay wow. all of his money goes to impact you learn new things every day yeah this, this, this is totally true I, yeah i got that one from tucker mccall mccarlson it was double sourced by william uh, uh, O'Smiley, <laughs> William O'Smiley. Uh huh. Does uh, uh, never mind. I was gonna make a Norman Smiley joke, but and the the worm was it the Smiley. wiggle? The, what did he do? It wasn't the worm. He did the wiggle, right? Yeah, but his Smiley. Whatever. 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 Show some respect. All right, that's WrestleMania backlash predictions. Um, that's it. The, 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 do you? Do you I am going to predict right now that tomorrow night on SmackDown, the women's titles switch hands, and there's a rematch scheduled for Backlash where Shania get the titles back from uh, Tamina and Natty, or Blonde Ambition finally gets their titles in some sort of triple threat. Wow. All right. That's bold predictions. That's a bold pick, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> it won't. <laughs> Before we get into news around uh, wrestling, let's talk about this Dark Side of the Ring episode with Brian Pillman 
I have not watched it yet. You, so you don't I, want to talk about voodoo on uh, on Shayna Baszler's leg by <laughs> Lily, because because I'm ready to join you in in saying, yeah, they they done gone too far. That that was bad. Really, I actually liked it. Oh my god, you're fucking with me now, aren't you? No, I'm I'm serious. Like I like how hokey it is because it's like, here's my problem is when it's supernatural and like you're talking about demons and the dead or zombies or some bullshit in wrestling, Mm -hmm. it's so fucking just non, like it's so like ridiculous. The undead in wrestling makes no sense. Which doctor exception from Gilligan's Island is in effect. Fucking hilarious because it's so fucking off the wall. It's so bonkers. Listen, I wasn't minded that it was just done poorly. And I mean, which one of them is the face? I mean, it's got it's got to be Shayna who's going to be turn into the face, right? No, I think it's the Lily, the the demon is, is yeah. going to be the face. Yeah, really? okay. We're not going to talk about Carrillo almost killing himself. Holy shit! I, because what what is there to talk about? He fucking f- fl- flops out of the ring with this uh, horrible looking power bomb he uh almost <laughs> fucking impales Seamus hurts himself in the process I still don't even know how he hurt himself like what is the injury but he looked like he got a stinger and he couldn't get up yeah yeah that, that's that's what I'm hearing is that it, it, it that he's okay but it, it's lucky you know whose fault it is the technicians because he was going on and on about how he thinks that Humberto is up to it and it's going to be a good feud with Sheamus. And and right as he says this, the guy kills himself, practically. Oh, well, I was going to blame John Moxley, but... Oh, well, I'm sure they're in cahoots. And uh, Shelton with a surprise win over Cedric, still wearing their jobber business, uh, old tights. They, they still <laughs> haven't gotten their old trunks out of the way. Maybe they sent it to Mickey James by accident in the garbage bag. I like that you bring the what they they send Mickey James the new tights. No, no, the old ones like Shelton and Cedric's old attire. Like they got mixed up in in you know they, they like Tucker like has Cedric's tights. He's like these these feel really tight on me. Oh. I, did I wash these in warm? I should have listened to Stone Cold. Should have used Tide. Um, any thoughts on uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, my, my my thoughts are that everybody is looking for the bad guy in this, and the bad guy was Brian Pillman. What is the big scandal? Like, I haven't watched the episode yet. What's 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 the big scandal about the wife? I mean, apparently she blew a lot of money in in the years after after his death. Uh, apparently, a hundred thousand dollars was raised in some charity shows. I, I guess that you know went directly to her. Uh, either she was the trustee or was just given to, to her. I don't know if there was life insurance. I don't know what if there were savings. Uh, but, you know, she was using drugs, which, of course, so was he. So, I mean, he's not innocent in, in her continued drug use. Apparently, she she probably was feeling pretty bad about herself and, you know, probably living the drug user life. And she remarried poorly, apparently, to an abusive guy who probably also milked some of that money and they ran through it and the kids were abused and the guy had like a, a like a trained dogs who would attack Brian Jr. If he left. Oh my God. Um, there were, there was innuendo about other type of abuse as well. 
Um, yeah, I don't know, but Brian did whatever he wanted. Like he was, he was a genius, but he was an intense genius, and he wasn't used to hearing no, and that's what made him successful. He overcame all the odds, but he also did what he wanted. I mean, he caused that accident because he just because he had five kids, but he had to buy a Hummer, and he didn't want to stop at a red light, so he drove down and up up um, up an embankment in his Humvee, and, and basically. The, the truck capsized. I mean, it, you, you, he said it did a giant, you know, so either he went really fast, they did an evil Knievel, which was mm-hmm. stupid also, or he's exaggerating and just went over and it flipped over. Either way, uh, he sh- he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, which in, in in this case turned out to be good because uh, he shot through the sunroof. Um, you know, still, but he probably, probably would have died if he had the seatbelt on. So, it's just one of those things, but I, I don't know how anyone really knows that. Anyway, Brian Pillman was the bad guy. I can tell you this: it was, it was very sad. Um, Brian Pillman's sister kept them together. Um, it seems like she is she's the hero in the story. I don't remember ever seeing his first wife very much in it. The second wife, you know, time has not been kind to her. Um, I don't know, but like, you know, clearly Pillman was carousing. He cheated on both of his wives, like, you know, multiple times recidivist. Like that was the habit. He has a, he had a daughter with a, with a woman before his first wife, you know, who was in the show. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the kids, they, they look strikingly like him in in the face. Mm Um, I found it to be very sad. I found it to be very tragic, but I mean, but it just seemed like uh, I'm sorry, like shameless without the comedy. It was just it's just sad. But wow. you, you know, I mean, the kids didn't deserve it. But none of them were heroes, and Brian wasn't a victim. Brian did it to himself. He was self destructive. Wow, that's a shame. I definitely want to check it out. I haven't had the time to check it out, but it's, it's, I saw there was a lot of back and forth about the wife and Brian and who's the bad guy. And I'm like, he's, he's all. Isn't it all a fucking tragic story? Like, who gives a it fuck is. who the... Yeah, it's a, tra- a tragedy all around except for his story as an undersized football player. Um, but even as a baby, it all those, like, something like 30 surgeries on his throat. What, that's why his voice was raspy, which I vaguely remember. Um, actually, I spoke to Mark Merrow today, as you know, and he, he talked about working with Brian and how tragic that was and how sad it was. Um Mark Merrow was one of the first people to speak out against steroids in the wrestling industry before it was sort of cool to do. Um, so that, I don't know. It's, it's worth watching, but I have to tell you that if you don't see it, it's not like you're, it's not like you're missing anything that you need to see. It's, it's just sad. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, I mean, you should watch it because you're a wrestling fan, but I mean, it would just be a sad like movie that, that nobody would see that might get Oscar nominations. It's wow. Like three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri or whatever. I mean, <laughs> it felt like that's, that. Oh my God. That, that's sad. Um, quickly, any NXT notes? Very few. I mean, I thought that there were a couple of good matches. Uh, Cross beat Theory. I think Theory looked good. They let him showcase his, his skills, but, you know, there was some interference and distractions by Johnny and but Crosby, you know, overcame them and put theory to sleep was making eye contact with Gargano. I'm not really sure why the North American champion and the NXT champion 
is the story that they're going with. It seems like they're wasting at least one of those belts. Um, mm. And I don't think the Gargano versus Cross is a, is a draw. Uh, and it shouldn't be a challenging match just because of size-wise. Finn did say he wants his rematch. Um, but there are other people who have other ideas, including Kyle O'Reilly, which I don't know why he deserves a match because all he did was lose. Um, Pete Dunne, who, you know, he's lost most of his big matches. And I guess somewhere lurking in the back, though not spoken of, is Adam Cole. Uh, and Bobby Fish did make his return, and he has some sort of unfinished business. I, I imagine that's how they'll distract Adam Cole. Um, MSK beat Brizongo. Now, I heard that MSK was being booed. We had a man on on the beat there. We actually had a man on the inside. Now, he didn't say they were being booed. He he said that the the, the crowd was dead, and it was about half the size of the normal crowd. So I don't know if you have anything more to add to that MSK story. I don't. Okay. Uh, Pete Dunn killed Leon Ruff. Good. Um, I thought the match of the week was Raquel Gonzalez against Mercedes Martinez. Yes, there was a botch in it. Yes, it was obvious. Yes, it wasn't pretty, but the rest of the match was great, and they and they worked around the botch. They didn't pretend it didn't happen. They just kept you know fighting until they could reset themselves, and I thought that was a great match. Raquel Gonzalez retained. Uh, Swerve came out with his entourage, and this was interesting. I liked the look of it. I liked the vibe. Ashante Adonis was there. I think her name is Brittany Meyer. She's going by B Fab, uh, and a guy named Top Dollar, who apparently was an NFL player at some point. Uh, oh, she's now, not. She, uh, I missed this part. She didn't call herself Brandy. Uh, oh my God, what was her name? Rhodes. No, no, Brandy. Cargill? No, Brianna Brandy. I think that's what she was in Raw Underground. No, she called herself B-Fab. Like a rap name. And here's the thing. They did they did a promo, and it got a little bit weird because they were just speaking it. They were sort of rapping, sort of speaking. But unless you're William Shatner doing spoken poetry, it really doesn't work. What they were doing was a rap song, and they should have done it as a rap song because basically they were introducing themselves. It was basically straight out of Compton where it's like, Easy, tell them where you're from. And, you know, like they each were sort of telling their story. And it should have been to like a rap beat where they all had a, 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 a turn. And I'm not trying to be, you know, racial here because they were doing like, you know, a studio rap entourage gimmick. I mean, that that was the thing. But yeah, I mean, they're what are they called? Hit parade, hit record, hit yeah. what? I'm still calling them entourage, but yeah, it was something like that. And I mean, top dollar. What 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 is that implying? And he rapped. I mean, he was talking about his rhymes, like you know, and, and how tough he is. And I, I don't know. It it should have been done to a rap. It it was a rap song, and I didn't realize it till afterwards because they spoke it. And and it, I don't know. It just it just felt weird to me. It felt off. It almost felt corny. But it maybe it was like cool. It was a near. It was it was a near hit, but it was a miss. Maybe it was like poetry rap, where like you were supposed to snap. Afterwards. No, it, but that's what it was, and that's what I'm saying. Unless you have William Shatner speaking it, it just it just doesn't work. <laughs> All right. NXT did nine uh, six ninety seven. They went down sixty four thousand uncontested, so they didn't have a, a banner week either themselves. I mean that that is that is pre pre solo numbers. AW for as bad as they did, I mean, occasionally they hit nine thirty six, but they're not at pre soul pre unopposed levels yet, or at least they're at the they're at the high end of that safely. So NXT bad week there. 
it was a pretty good show. It was a, it was an easily digestible show. That first hour flew by, but mm-hmm. nothing nothing really. Of, you know, we we covered it. Uh, um, yeah. All right. Let's get into the news. Okay, the news. Well, we covered a lot of it, which is pretty cool. There were reports that Velveteen Dream was at Raw at the PC meeting. We're not sure what that's about. I have heard stories out there that said that WWE is not done with releases yet. I don't know why that's a story, because just because they tend to do releases in batches right around tax day, they have always had the right to release people um, some through, you know, more uh, um, through agreement, like uh, Andrade, which was allegedly agreed to. Uh, others, you know, through other reasons like Thea Trinidad. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's not clear if Velveteen Dream is looking, is going to be released or if, or if he's looking to be worked into something. Sonya Deville's protective order has been extended. This is the same protective order that arose out of the issue at Mandy Rose's home. There's no information on her protective order being extended or I missed it or it hasn't happened yet. Or, or maybe she doesn't feel like she needs it. Uh, and maybe that's playing into why so- Sonya's on-screen character is not wrestling any longer. I- I'm not sure that's that's pure speculation. WWE announced it's going to start touring again, but they're announcing the tour in Australia and New Zealand. They haven't talked about the U.S. states yet, but they have talked about certain locations for or certain locations are being uh, talked about for big events. But I, I you know, th- that's all speculation. But going back to Australia and New Zealand. Um, so if WWE, if you need any assistance for that, I will carry water. I will carry bags. Uh, I will do all the things that this guy didn't want to do. And this guy is Leo Rush. A little bit of interesting news. Of, of, a few weeks ago, Leo Rush defeated the Laredo Kid. Leo Rush won the MLW middleweight championship. He took Laredo Kid's AAA cruiserweight championship, thus unifying the titles. That apparently has ended. Um, Leo Rush actually lost the middleweight championship last week to Myron Reed. That's when I first noticed that he wasn't, that he didn't lose both belts and it's not that they weren't both on the line. MLW released some story. Conan released a different story. Anyway, this is some 1980s territory shit where Flair lost the belt. No, he didn't lose the belt or he won it back the next day or he never lost it. So there's that. So if if you're interested in any of that, so if you want to know what it was like in 1983 NWA territories when the promoters couldn't agree, this is exactly the kind of shit that happened then. A little interesting story with um, NWA. And that is that Camille is facing Thunder Rosa for a number one contendership for the NWA women's title currently held by AEW contracted talent Serena Deeb. The stipulation that Camille made was that if Camille beats Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa doesn't get to play around and, and wrestle in other territories and other promotions. She has to stay only in NWA. So we already know that's not going to happen because Thunder Rosa owns a promotion called Mission Pro. So uh, mm-hmm. th- there's no way that's going to happen. But anyway, it was it, sort of interesting that they put that out there and on TV. It was interesting. Uh, but I will tell you, if you watch it, it was very much middle school theater uh, levels of acting. And 
The NWA show ended very awkwardly and abruptly. If there was supposed to be a tag team match, Nick Aldis pulled his team out. Uh, the, the team wasn't happy about it. And so there was no tag team match at the end, and the show just ended. Um, hmm. Very weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, as far as other ratings are concerned, MLW ratings. As you know, they're on reruns now. They're they're uh, restarting in July at the uh, 2300 Arena in Philly. So this week, the rerun did 8.3 thousand views. Last week, the reveal of Dario Cueto up to 80,000. But two weeks ago, where there was the Von Erichs and some other matches, only 51,000. Um, we talked about most of the others. A couple, Just one other of note, Women, Women of Honor. They're now up to three weeks. This week, uh, so far, 7.3 thousand views. Not very impressive. Last week, up to 14,000, two weeks back, 33,000. So not a lot of appetite for women's wrestling in the Ring of Honor universe, I'm sad to say. And it does look like it's confirmed that Daniel Bryan's contract really is out, uh, though we're still not 100% convinced, but I don't know. I think I think uh, I'm starting to think that I'm just in denial. Not, not that I'm married to <laughs> Kim being in WWE, I just, I just really love the idea of him coming out as a mass luchador called the American Dragon. I mean, I don't know. I think the Selena Vega, Thea Trinidad news kind of throws a damper on the Daniel Bryan news. I, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, if she can't draw interest anywhere, or maybe she's more influenced by wwe then maybe daniel bryan is probably just as equally influenced i don't know i don't I, there's no real correlation there but it's just well, a hunch. i think daniel bryan if he's i mean first of all he could be done but if not he i mean i could see him doing some short arcs and different promotions and just doing what he wants to do and putting people over or you know maybe i don't know do do whatever um you know, and then re-sign with WWE in the role that they envisioned for him. I think he's coming back home anyway because it's good for him. It's good for Bree. If he gets an office job, maybe he can get employee status. Not not that he's hurting for money, but you know. Uh, anyway, that's the status of it. it. It sounds like he's done, but Steve and I are holding out. I guess we'll call it hope because I don't know what the other word is. Maybe suspicion, somewhere between suspicion and hope. I just, I just don't buy the calls that he's going to meet up with CM Punk in New Japan. I think that's just a bunch of hogwash. Oh, yeah, but that but that's more about CM Punk than anything else. I mean, and nobody's Japan's not going to import anybody yet, but presumably at some point, hey, they will start ex accepting visitors again. Yep. All right. Is that all of it? That's all I got, my man. All right, Jeff, I think that wraps us up, man. I think that has been a full show. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to look forward to seeing what Backlash brings us. And I guess until next week, we will... Um, what about Under Siege? Are you excited about Under Siege? Uh, the Steven Seagal movie? <laughs> yes. Is, is that playing on TNT? You bet it is. Oh, well. Under Siege Impact. Come on, man. Get with it. Get with the program. Get with the time. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, I apologize. It'll probably do, you know, 20 times, you know, half a point 
So at least at least that it'll bring in another 10,000 people uh, or half that or half that. I mean, it hasn't been promoted. I don't even like you said, I, who knew if if it wasn't for Facebook pushing it into my notifications, I don't think I would have realized either. Do you think it's going to be 10,000 divided by nine or 10,000 divided by something less than nine? I think it's going to be 10,000 divided by something more than nine. Wow. I'm going to go with nine. I'm going to, I'm going to say it goes right back to where right back to one. Oh no. But this hasn't even been promoted. Well, have have the others. (laughs) I think it's, I don't even think it's a true pay-per-view. I think it's just on to push the impact app, which is the fight TV app impact. What is impact plus? Um, it's like when you get into a car accident and the car goes forward and then another car stops behind you and hits you in the back, you get that impact and plus a second impact. <laughs> All right, there we go. We're going to leave it on that note. That was, that was a, that was a great high note. Okay. Should any, we, should any, we plug anything? Should we play? I don't know any parting. I was about to ask you any parting plugs. Uh, well, on Popular Review, we're both on shows. Well, Steve was evicted from his show this week, but uh, apparently he'll be back on uh, again. Maybe. We'll see. Um, lots yeah, of fun you're, stuff. You're doing a SmackDown review? I am on the SmackDown show tomorrow night, which I guess would be tonight for those who are listening to it on Friday, assuming that Steve gets it up tomorrow, which he shouldn't feel pressured to do. But listen, just subscribe to it and you'll get notifications and you'll see who's on the shows and you can Check out the back catalog. We have a couple of interviews, and I interviewed Mark Merrow today, which was a lot of fun. So that will be up probably in two or three weeks. Mariah May should be up uh, within the week. Um, And then check out Garden of Doom. And if, listen, if you subscribe to Hammerlock Hangover on the Wrestling Soup Network, everyone wins, including you. You get Hammerlock Hangover and Garden of Doom. Wow. It's like two podcasts for the price of none. Yeah, it's actually more than that because my guest this week is the host of History of Africa podcast. So you're going to get two podcasters in one episode of Garden of Doom this this uh, this coming week. So uh, lots of cool stuff, and we've and we've got more guests like that. We're, we are we are we've really stepped up our our guest game on Garden of Doom. But our old friends will be back. We've got we've got Drew Yari coming up, as you know. It's Drew Yari. It's true, Yari. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, and we've made lots of new friends, so we may have other exciting announcements coming up as well. But I want to hold off on them um, so that you have to come back and, and listen. And so I have something to brag about later. And if it doesn't happen, I can say I never said anything. Very good. What about you? You got anything to talk about? Nope, I've got nothing to plug. I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Big Daddy Cool. Friend me and chat me up, and I'll chat back. And um, on Popular Review, yeah, we're on there. We're talking about wrestling. We're doing wrestling shows and wrestling reviews. And we're cooking with gas. Is, isn't uh, doesn't uh, uh, um, Mike Knox? He's got Brian Pillman Jr. coming on. He's got Dave Lagreca coming on. He does. It's a lot of work there going he's going through. And also, um, you know, don't forget if you got any feedback for us, please feel free to email us at Hammerlock Hangover and visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, Hammerlock H O. And uh yeah, I mean 
I threw that email out there just so that way, if there's anybody in the mutant pterodactyl community that feels offended by your Sauron comments, that they'll chime in and let you have it. Well, let me also say I wasn't fond of the stupid saber-toothed cat either. Uh, you mean the saber-toothed cat that Kazar had or saber-toothed the archenemy of Logan? Wolverine. No, the cat that Kazar had. I'm a big Sabretooth fan. Your big the, the villain. Logan Wolverine's nemesis. Not Kazar's cat. No. Kazar's stupid cat was stupid. And Kazar's stupid. Well, there you go. Now we've offended the mutant pterodactyl community and also the Sabretooth community. So well, you can send your hate mail to but not Hammerlock the hangover tooth community. No, that they're still in our good graces. Good. I'm okay with I'm okay with this kind of alienation. That's all right. We're gonna get canceled by the the mutant pterodactyl community. They'll Guys, they, they like the hate. They like they like the, they just fly around uh -huh. in circles. Uh-huh. And throw feces at us. That's right. Guys, this has been episode 30 of the Hammerlock Hangover. Thanks for listening, guys. And, uh, yeah, stay safe, be well, and, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Stay evil, my friends. <laughs>